You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Madison, Pelicans Insider Credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this really happy Monday, because the Pelicans' magic number for the playoffs is down to one. They get it that low after big wins on back-to-back nights over the Phoenix Suns, and then, surprisingly, the Golden State Warriors on the road in a game that Golden State was actually trying to win. I'm going to recap both of those games for you all. We're then going to take a look at the Western Conference playoff standings. I'm going to tell you all a story about WrestleMania. Uh, not WrestleMania, because of WrestleMania, but something that happened a couple of years ago that involved me and wrestlers on a flight out of New Orleans. We'll have some fun on the podcast here today. And then we'll wrap that up talking about the game tonight that the Pelicans play against the Los Angeles Clippers, a game that could clinch playoffs form or still throw things in doubt a little bit. It's still a little open, but signs are pointing towards the New Orleans Pelicans making the playoffs. We'll talk about all of that and more in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's just jump right on into everything. The Pelicans notched a 122-103 win over the Phoenix Suns on Friday game. They had to win to kind of keep everything going in the playoff race. It's still tight in the Western Conference, and we'll go over that in a minute. But this was a game the Pelicans had a 27-point lead in at one point. And though they didn't really end this game against the Phoenix Suns until much later than you really would have liked. They took the big lead in the first quarter, 39-21, to and then kind of basically played even with the Suns the rest of the way. They did manage to get the victory, do what they wanted to do in this one, and basically kind of that was it. They scored on the fast break in transition. You know, they had big nights from all of their guys. Anthony Davis with 33 points, 11 rebounds. Drew Holiday with 22 points, 10 assists. And even more important, in the starting lineup, again, You had Nikola Mirotic. This was the second straight game that he started for the team after that Memphis game, which he also started at home. Finished with 31 points on the night, his highest as a Pelican. 11 rebounds, or sorry, 16 total rebounds, 11 defensive rebounds, misread that there. And he provided exactly what this team needed. He was 5 of 11 from deep, his shooting stroke starting to fall. And as we said, we think this was a mental thing with him. It was a confidence issue. And sometimes you just need to do something to shake that up, shake out of that funk that you're in. And he did that. He shaved the beard. And this leads to so many jokes. You've got the anti-Samson here. You know, imagine how good this podcast here, Locked on Pelicans, would be if I shaved my beard. Or imagine how good Anthony Davis would be if he shaved his beard. We could get into beard shaving stats like nobody's business now. Jordan Crawford played in this game, got a good nine minutes as the replacement for Ian Clark. 13 points. That was a no-brainer that he was going to kind of be that guy to fill that role with the second unit, though the minutes weren't heavy. 13 points in nine minutes on seven shots. Definitely a good thing. He showed that instant grits like attacking. Four of seven from deep. That was all he shot on the night. Just three-pointers. You've got to like that, though he did get to the free-throw line. For one, uh, for one attempt. So great night from him overall. This is exactly what you wanted to see from this team. They did take care of business against the Suns. Minutes were a little high, though. Davis played 34, Miritich 35, Drew played almost 32. Not exactly what you want to see from the team, but they managed to get it done, and then it led into the big game the next night against the Golden State Warriors. 
This was going to always be the intense game. The Pelicans really needed to get this victory against Golden State so that they wouldn't have to almost 100% win their final two games against the Clippers and the Spurs to really get into the playoffs. A victory here gives you some leeway. It doesn't really impact the standings. So, you know, as long as you can just get this victory, you don't need to worry about that Spurs game on the final game of the regular season, which might, for them, again, impact where they're seated. So it could be really tough. And the Pelicans went out and gave the Golden State Warriors their best shot, and that was enough to get it done. This was a game Golden State tried to win. They were without Steph Curry, yes, but they started Kevin Durant, they started Draymond Green, they started Klay Thompson, and then the now immortal Quinn Cook started for them as well. And they went out and they battled. Durant played 35 minutes, Green almost 37 minutes, Klay Thompson over 37 minutes, and the explosive scoring Quinn Cook, former Pelican, over 37 minutes. So this was a game the Pelicans needed to win, and they did everything they could in exactly what you wanted to see out of this team. Anthony Davis in MVP form, 34 points, 12 rebounds, um, doing everything he could out there. You had Nikola Mirotic playing 40 minutes in this one, 28 points, six rebounds, and he was battling a variety of injuries in this. Uh, his ankle rolled hard. If you look at the the screenshot of it, it's at 90 degrees. Draymond Green is a bit dirty and does some different things that you don't like. Same with Zaza Pachulia. But uh, Miritic was 10 of 18 on the night, 6 of 11 from 3. Again, 28 points. Each one more was excellent on the night. Seven for seven. He didn't miss a shot. Only one three, but seven assists kept the ball moving. He finished with 15 points on the night. Then you have Drew Holiday with 25 points, six assists. By the way, just four, or not just, as well as four steals. He was huge on the defensive end. He had a big strip of Kevin Durant late in the game that really almost sealed the win for the Pels. He was matched up on Kevin Durant most of the night. Again, Durant's near seven foot, and you have Drew Holiday on there trying his best to slow him down. And Durant, who did score 41 points on the night, had to take 26 field goal attempts. He was four of eight from three, five of seven from the field. But if you watched him, he was bothered by Drew Holiday at times, who played him very physical down the stretch, which is usually the way to get him out of his rhythm you give him a little bit of room he can rip that three-pointer over the top of you but you body him up you take away his lane and you force him into a bad shot or the ball out of his hands that's exactly what drew holiday did in this game for the pels it was very impressive Rajon rondo also a huge night 12 points 17 assists and also are we getting a little bit of playoff rondo early you know, I've been saying all year long, this isn't the Rondo of old. This isn't the Rondo that a lot of people remember. But he did look like it the night against the Golden State Warriors. That was big. He had a big defensive strip as well in the end that led to just a lob down there to uh, Nikola Mirotic, who was laying on the ground after falling hard and being pulled to the ground, really, with no foul called, who's got up, scored, dunked the ball, and that more or less did it. This was exactly the type of game the Pelicans needed to do. Even when Golden State was going on their runs, and they were, New Orleans answered and countered. When all of a sudden it was six or seven points in Golden State's favor, their biggest lead was seven late in the game, the Pelicans answered, went on their own run to recapture the lead. They outscored Golden State 38-28 to in the fourth Fourth quarter. They also had 62 points in the paint. Everyone being that aggressive attacking style of ball that we've seen warps. You know, yeah, you can say this is a team without Steph Curry here, but they were trying to win. The Pelicans are also without DeMarcus Cousins, so I think that gives it a bit of a wash. They forced Golden State into 17 turnovers, which they capitalized on to the tune of 26 turnover points, while New Orleans just had eight, though a few were really late in the fourth quarter that made things kind of scary. 
a good win for the Pelicans. Again, you can see this is a different team mentally. The makeup there, there's some mental fortitude and mental toughness that we haven't seen from years past, and that led to maybe their best, most complete win of the season on the road against the Warriors. So what does it mean for the Pelicans? We'll take a look at the standings in the next segment here. But before we do that, make sure you listen to and subscribe, I guess I should say, to Locked On NBA. I was actually on the Monday edition talking a little bit about the Pelicans, this this, uh, three-game winning streak they're on now as they look to make it four against the Clippers tonight. Talk about their playoff chances. What's going on with the rotation? What got into Miritich? Is Mecca Okafor still going to be used? Or is Miritich now going to be back in the starting role? Talk about all of that and more in today's Monday's edition of Locked On NBA. So the Pelicans have two games left to go in the regular season and nothing set in stone just yet other than Houston's one and Golden State's two. Portland sits at three, but only a game behind them at 47 and 33, Portland's 48 and 32 are the Utah Jazz who still have a chance to grab that three seed, which right now, depending on how things are going to shake out, might be what Pelicans fans want. Behind Utah, though, sits the Pelicans. New Orleans, just a game behind them, 46 and 34. There's still an outside chance they could get that fourth seed. Behind them, tied with them, really, are two more teams. You've got San Antonio in six and Oklahoma City at seven. Both 46 and 34, all a game behind the Jazz for that four seed. So those three spots still up for grabs. But as of now, the Pelicans have the tiebreaker over San Antonio. That might change on the final game of the regular season. And then they do have the tiebreaker over Oklahoma City. Though that, again, can get even dicier if they end up in a three-team tie. So hopefully that's not going to be the case. Then you have Minnesota sitting at eight, a game behind all of those three teams, 45 and 35, tied with the Denver Nuggets, whom they hold the tiebreaker over right now, um, who also sit at 45 and 35, while the Clippers are officially eliminated from playoff contention. But there's still a chance, because the Pelicans sit only one game out of the nine spot, that they could lose, if you lose both of these two, let's say, for some reason, and then all of a sudden, they're looking outside of the playoffs in. Their magic number is one. You win one game, you're in. 47 is the win total here. Gets you in no matter what. Hopefully the Pelicans can just go one and one, but this isn't going to be easy. And we'll talk about the Clippers game upcoming. But, um, you know, the Spurs game, the final game of the regular season for standings is definitely going to be something. And you don't really want to rely on that. So beat this Clippers team. We should, I'll tell you guys why it should be a little bit easier uh, in the next segment. But let's have some fun. It was WrestleMania last night here in New Orleans. I didn't go. I'm not a big wrestling guy. I used to be. When I was a little kid, I once went as Rowdy Roddy Piper for Halloween while in college, too. But I haven't really followed it probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years, maybe more than that now. So it was cool, though, to see all the wrestling fans walking around. It makes for some great people watching. I think, as I said on Twitter, New Orleans has its quotas of people wearing at the same time both fedoras and cargo shorts, along with like almost combat boots or just sneakers and socks and flip-flops. Just a lot of fedoras and cargo shorts you guys have too much stuff don't need to carry that much stuff in all your pockets right because you're only wearing cargo shorts to for the utility factor in there but it's fun and i saw that the numbers of revenue and everything was like 14 million it brought in in ticket sales or something like that it's a big boon to the local economy it is a cool event and if you looked at the stage of it that was pretty awesome the mask and the colors and everything looked like it was a fun time there in the superdome also like seventy-eight thousand people that is absolutely insane 
But a number of years ago, and this is closer to 10 years than it is to not 10 years, I was on like a three-day bender due to sports-related reasons. AC Milan had just sold Kaká, so this tells you how far back it actually is. You've got kind of a time frame of mind for it. And I was on a three-day bender just drinking, kind of upset over that, and I was also supposed to fly out for a cousin's wedding in Maryland on a Wednesday, so I figured just kind of keep everything going. My flight was at 6 a.m. I had called a cab, this is well before the days of Uber, to come pick me up at 4.30, had that scheduled plan just to stay out all night, maybe go home, get an hour of sleep, then get right on up, get in the cab, go to the airport, go to the wedding, continue all of this over the wedding, then fly back to New Orleans and eventually have to go back to work for everything. So, you know, we're out all night, we were at karaoke, and I get back home and I don't even know what time, and the next thing I remember is just a banging, like on the door because the cab driver has called me. He's rung the bell and I don't hear any of it. And I wake up, don't really know what's going on, figure out it's him, throw, grab my bag, which I had pre-packed, grab my wallet, keys, phone, all of that. I'm in the same clothes from the night before and I grab two beers out of the fridge to drink on the car ride there. I drink one in the cab ride to the airport, shotgun the other one right outside of the cab before going into the airport. And I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm actually fairly scared of flying. I really dislike it, hence why I was kind of in this state. So the flight's at 6 a.m. I go through security. Don't even know how they let me in. Get on the plane, and I have an aisle seat back there in coach. And coming down the aisle is this huge, hulking dude. Looks like a Saints player or something like that. Actually sits in my row, and he sits on the window seat. So we've got a seat in between us. And then this other huge, hulking, big dude with long, kind of blonde hair, kind of stringy. Looks a little bit like Jeremy Shockey or something like that. Wasn't him. Sits in the middle seat between us, and he looks over at me, and he says, you know, I bet you wish it was a cute, you know, blonde girl sitting here instead of a big dude like me. And I kind of just stared at him and I'm trying to comprehend what's going on. Are these guys Saints players? Who are they? And all I end up saying to the guy right then and there was, well, you have the hair of a cute blonde girl. And he kind of looks at me and he looks back at his friend and he goes, who's this shit talker here sitting in the aisle seat? He goes, what's your problem, buddy? I go, my problem is I've been drinking for about three days straight. And I go, what's your excuse for looking like you do? I'm in the same clothes from the night before. I also probably smelled terribly. This was back when you could smoke in bars and I basically had come straight from one. He looks at me again. He looks at his friends like, this dude's fucking crazy. I trash talk them a little bit more. We start joking around. It's kind of friendly and fun. And at one point after we take off, it's probably like 6.15 in the morning now. You know, what are you guys? You guys bad Saints players on the practice squad? Something like that. Because if you were anyone good, I'd know who you are. And I thought maybe, I don't know, they were flying home or something like that that and they were just trying to make the team or just kind of those uh, summer practices I'm not entirely sure and they just kind of again stare at me and they tell me they're WWE wrestlers they're kind of like low-level guys looking to work their way up you know they travel about like 320 days out of the year something like that for shows they just done one in New Orleans recently and so I was like oh that's cool I used to be a big wrestling fan so I told them I was like you guys are basically glorified actors that kind of upset the one in the window seat, the one in the middle, the one who could really have killed me since he was so close to me, kind of laughed. And it's just like, man, you are a mess. And I most definitely was a mess. So the flight's going off and it's, you know, 630 in the morning. They roll like the kind of like beverage cart around. The flight attendant comes up to our row, goes, do you guys want coffee, tea, you know, orange juice, something like that? I look at her and I just go, we'll take three scotches. And I whipped out three drink vouchers I had on United during this time. And the wrestlers were like, are those just for you? I said, no, these are for all of us. We're going to have some fun on this flight here. It's, or, you know, you can't drink all day unless you start first thing in the morning. 
And so they, they kind of say, no, we're not going to do this. And I told them, I'm going to drink all of these then. I think I'm the last person you guys want to sit next to on a flight if you give me three of these. Which got them to each take one of the scotches. You get your little bottles. And the flight attendant remarks that we're probably going to be the rowdy row on the flight. Yes. And asks what we're going to mix our three scotches with. And I whipped out three more drink vouchers and said, we're going to mix them with three more scotches. And... <laughs> That was where she didn't really want to give them to us, but realized it probably was going to just be easier if she did. So we got our scotches. I had drinks with these wrestlers on the flight first thing in the morning. They remarked that I was the craziest person they had ever met. And that's saying something for people who live on the road 320 days of the year. So that's my wrestler story. Figured we'd throw it in in honor of WrestleMania. I don't know anyone in WrestleMania, but it seemed like it was fun. So it was a cool event here in New Orleans. And that's the closest I ever got to becoming a famous wrestler with these guys. who never made it, and I don't even remember their names anymore. So again, they were maybe terrible glorified actors. So as the playoffs are about to start, and we're going to talk about this Clippers game tonight and what it really means for the Pelicans, who's also going to be out? Make sure you check out LockedOnPelicans.com. Louise Corzo has an article up there talking about tanking and looking at how teams have done against those tanking teams this year. It's really interesting. Kind of gives some more context and color to the playoff race, so make sure you check it out over at LockedOnPelicans.com. So it's a game day here for New Orleans as they travel to Los Angeles to take on the Clippers game. I'm slightly worried about because when you have a day off in Los Angeles, if you look at a lot of the teams and their records after that, it's not great. Um, HP Basketball, Matt Moore, makes the joke that LA Nightlife is undefeated, and it's kind of one of those things. Though I think we've seen that this Pelicans team is in a different state mentality. They were not going to go out and party or do anything like that and are definitely there to take care of business against the Clippers. And it sounded like after the the Suns game, Nikola Mirotic hinted that maybe there was kind of a players-only meeting. It was more, it sounds like they stayed in and watched a, a movie together, and they just kind of talked. And it wasn't like, hey, we need to get together and kind of hash some things out. It was just kind of maybe a team bonding, team building type thing. So I don't really want to call it a players-only meeting. They just kind of watched a movie together and hung out, which is not kind of the same as what you get when you say those dreaded words, players-only meeting. But certainly you have to figure this team is in the right state mentally to handle this game. And it's going to get a little bit easier because the Clippers have announced that Gallinari is going to be out, Lou Williams is doubtful, and Austin Rivers is questionable. So Lou Williams isn't going to play, most likely. Gallinari's out, Rivers may or may not. And then you're basically left with DeAndre Jordan there for the most part, Montrez Harrell, maybe, who Anthony Davis should be able to handle overall. And again, with the shooting touch he has in outside game, this should be okay, and you feel a little bit better. But Doc Rivers said, this Clippers team isn't going to tank or pack it all in. There's a lot of pride there in LA. They want to kind of play the spoiler and make, you know, some meaning happen at the end of their season when they were out, when they are out of the playoffs now, and it doesn't look like it was all for naught. So you have a chance really to kind of do that in against New Orleans and potentially knock them out of the playoffs or really hurt their chances for getting in. So definitely not an ideal situation. You would have liked this team to be out of contention, you know, a week or so ago instead of it being, you know, the day that you play them more or less. But this Clippers team is at 42 and 38. So again, a pretty good team. And they're overall just kind of okay. They play a faster pace, which New Orleans likes. They have a good offensive rating in the top 10. They're in the middle of the pack when it comes to defense. So it kind of does play into the Pelicans' hands. And without Gallinari to bother you with his length on the wing and all of the other injuries they have, Theodosic is going to be out for the rest of the year. He's not going to be playing. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is listed. There it is. Questionable for the game. So maybe he's not going to play either. And if that's the case, you should be able to kind of just walk 
through this game. But you never know. Tobias Harris can get hot from three a little bit. You still got um, guys like Montrez Harrell, who's playing pretty well for this team. Uh, Thornwell's played well for them overall. And then again, was Wes Johnson. There's a number of people out here that can kind of do different things for this franchise. So you can't take this lightly. Get in there, get this game over with, win, and do what you want to do. You know, the, Pel- or the, the Clippers, especially if DeAndre Jordan isn't in there, aren't going to be a great rebounding team. You're not as worried about the offensive glass at that point. They don't do a great job defensive rebounds. The, uh, so the the Pelicans, there we go, have a chance to really kind of get second chance points, really build a lead, and then expand on it. Kind of, again, end this game early, regroup, and get a little bit more rest for the game against San Antonio because coming down to it, that's going to be the big one, and hopefully the Pelicans can win the game. But again, the Clippers, without all of these guys, are much less of a threat than they were before, but they're going to try and play spoiler. They're going to kind of throw you know, their best shot at the Pelicans, and they can't kind of think that they're going to be able to walk through this one. And I don't think we're going to see that again. This is a different team mentally, and I think that's the biggest thing that's really jumped out to me this season. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game, look at the standings. We're going to go ev- over everything we need to as we hit and get just a little bit closer one more day to the final day of the regular season. So I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. We'll talk about the game and see what the Pelicans need to do against the 